Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. David Van Camp out today. It's his birthday. So happy birthday to David. There's Scott Robbins. It's going to be a wild ride. There's a lot going on. David's not here. Uh-oh. You ready to tackle this thing? Well, yeah. I mean, the, the big, big story today, and it could affect all of us. Could. Possibly. Yes. If it hasn't already, and that's the bank collapses all over the place. Yeah. Especially the two big ones. Holy smokes, man. Signature Bank, Silicon Valley Bank. Um, but listen... It's going to be all right, and don't call it a bailout. But if you had money in that bank, you're going to be okay. Now, if you had invested in that bank, that's a little bit different. Oops. But, I mean, you need somebody out there to calm fears, somebody that's, you know, right a lot, Mm -hmm. that gives you a lot of trust. A commanding presence. So they said in the eye of the storm, the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen out there there you go to kind of state the obvious about the bank failure. Let me say America's economy relies on a safe and sound banking system. Yeah, that can provide for the credit needs of our households and businesses. So whenever a bank, especially one like Silicon Valley Bank with billions of dollars uh, in deposits, fails. It's clearly a concern. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I guess that's that's the first good thing is we know it's a concern. Well, they're going to be running to Mr. Potter today, hat in hand. <laughs> Are you really going to go wonderful Jordan, life on this? A run, a run on the bank? Well, is that what you're saying? That's what came to my mind right away. Well, there was sort of a run on the bank. Yes, there was. And to try to understand this, like, okay, why was there a run on the bank? Let's go to the Wall Street Journal. Okay. Um, and there, this piece is actually called the Silicon Valley Bank Bailout. The bill for bad policy comes due, but there's risk in a second rescue of the banking system in 15 years. Okay. Um, and this basically says this is a de facto bailout on the banking system. Even as regulators and Biden officials have been telling us that the economy is great and there was nothing to worry about. The unpleasant truth, which Washington will never admit is that Silicon Valley Bank's failure is the bill coming due for years of monetary and regulatory mistakes. We've got full panic over the weekend demanding that the Treasury and Fed intervene to save the day. It's revealing to see who can keep a cool head in a crisis. And it wasn't billionaire hedge fund operator Bill Ackman or venture investor David Sachs, both frantic, panic spreaders. Ooh. So the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation closed... Silicon Valley Bank, and the cleanest solution would be for the agency to find a private buyer for the bank. Right. That'd be great. Yeah. But that night in shining armor has not shown up. Haven't seen that. You need some of those people from those home improvement shows to come in and <laughs> gussy up the bank a little bit <laughs> before, they, before they start showing it to prospective buyers. <laughs> uh, but it's the first resort. In most previous financial panics, and the FDIC was holding an auction that closed Sunday afternoon, and then it kind of goes from there. But the guarantee is, hey, if you just invested, okay, as far as, you know, you had shares, well, you could be screwed. But you just had your money sitting there, then that's right. different. Yeah. 
And usually that's guaranteed up to $250,000. Right. Well, you had millions upon millions for some people, and that's going to be covered. But it's not going to be taxpayers' money is what they're saying. Well, they're going to say it, it goes from the FDIC fund that well, banks have to pay into. Okay. They're going to use that money to pay off the debt incurred. Okay. And that money just happens to be sitting around, right? That wasn't used for something else? I have no idea. I, I, I what you wonder. I know. Because, I mean, again, man, this is a situation for a whole lot of us is you're trying to figure out who to trust in this situation. Because yeah. if you're a person that doesn't know cars, per se, and something's gone wrong, and you don't know what's happening... You could take the car somewhere, and they could tell you four different things that are wrong. They they could be lying to you, but you don't know any better. Right. So we're trying to figure this out as we go, and who can you trust to give us good information on this? It's like an honest mechanic has to be promoted. <laughs> He's an honest mechanic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So another part of this, also from the Wall Street Journal. Now, this is an opinion piece from Andy Kessler saying, who killed this bank, Silicon Valley Bank? And he lays it out this way, that they did it to themselves. Because if you go back January 2020, they had $55 billion in customer deposits on its balance sheet. By the end of 2022, that number exploded to $186 billion. So in a way, they were a victim of, of their own success. These deposits were often from initial public offerings um, and SPAC deals. And the Silicon Valley Bank, you know... They put almost all of those IPO proceeds in the last two years. And so you had a lot of startups that had relationships with the bank. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of money to put to work. Some was lent out, but with soaring stock prices and near zero interest rates, no one needed to take on excessive debt. There was no way Silicon Valley Bank was going to initiate $131 billion in new loans. So the bank put some of this new capital into higher-yielding, long-term government bonds and $80 billion into 10-year mortgage-backed securities. Mortgage-backed securities. Yeah. Paying 1.5% instead of short-term treasuries paying 0.25%. Now, if you're starting to get lost in all this... It's very confusing. That was mistake number one. They reached for yield just as Bear Stearns and the Lehman Brothers did in the 2000s leading up to what happened in 2008. Mm -hmm. With few loans, these investments were the bank's profit center. They got caught with its pants down as interest rates went up. Yeah, the Fed's jacked the interest rates up, yes. But here's the thing, and this is what's pointed out in the piece. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell had been shouting from the rooftops we got to raise interest rates because we have inflation. What caused inflation? Flooding the market with cash. Unearned money. Which we didn't need to do. Even though the Biden administration will say, well, we had to do this. No, you didn't. The recovery was happening. So that's exactly what, you know, Silicon Valley Bank did. And then as the interest rates rise, and then all of a sudden, where's all the money? And these long-term investments don't look so good, then panic happens. And then, Scott, you have your run on the bank. Yeah, well, yeah. And you've got, you've got a lot of their investment tied up in green weenie stuff. Yep. Bit, Bitcoin. Yeah. One of the two of them had a bunch of money tied up in Bitcoin. Yeah. You know, and I asked you this morning, and, and again, I mean, we all do business with a bank. 
I don't know where my bank is, where the money is. A lot of people don't. I, I don't know who they're lending money to or for what reason. I don't know that. Yeah. You know, I trust them that they're doing the right things, but I don't know for sure. I mean, I'd like to know if all of a sudden my bank has got a billion dollars wrapped up in Bitcoin. Yeah. Or, or Solyndra or any of these other nonsense. You'd be, you know, you'd be paying attention more. I'm like, I'm going to get the hell out of Dodge, man. <laughs> I'm taking my 10 grand and going elsewhere. Here's the other thing, man. Silicon Valley Bank didn't have a chief risk officer for eight months of last Which year. Which is crazy. I read that. <laughs> How is that possible? You don't, you don't know, No man. one's there for eight months? Yeah. Yeah. And you're letting these suits just play around with the dough? Okay. Yeah. And and the story goes on, and yeah, it can get deep in the weeds, but there were so many mistakes made. You, it's easy to see that. Um, other news out there, and we've been hearing for a while, and I'm sure you've heard it that the border is secure, right? And oh, yeah. we, we're 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 doing so much now. Legal immigration, we're getting a handle on it. You know, the fentanyl deaths. Hey, don't pay any attention to that. Right. Okay. Everything's going all right there. Going it's pretty fine. good. And then all of a sudden, did you see the video yesterday? Oh, gosh. You've got over a 1,000 people looking to come in illegally, rush the bridge right. to get into Texas. Yep, I saw it. But don't call it an invasion, because if so, you're xenophobic. But it was an insanity, man. There they are. Everybody's running. So we're not going back. We're coming in. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Kiss. <laughs> it sounds like a yeah. It sounds. Not... We're not going back. No. But hey, no worries. That's not going to get covered by legacy media. Unreal. No problem there. And as far as the fentanyl deaths, oh, come on. Don't overstate it. It's not that big a problem. Who was it that said it was one of the Democrats over the weekend? Well, a lot of that is Americans bringing drugs back across. Oh, I've heard that too. Yeah. No, we'll get to it a little bit later. I mean, there are some people saying the Mexican cartels should be deemed as terrorist organizations. And you got other Democrats saying, well, we don't want to do that. Well, what are they? I mean, it doesn't... No, they want the drugs to get across. You can say, well, it's really China that's doing that. It's also the cartels. And they want to make money. There's no doubt about it. And again, you've got tens of thousands of people dying. And for all of their friends and family members, are you kidding? Yeah, they're a terrorist organization. How many times has that many Americans died and another country wanting them to die and make money off of it that you wouldn't call it a terrorist organization? Seems like you're getting mixed up in terms there. I just, I, when I see this, I think to myself, my God, what are those people in El Paso supposed to do? What are they supposed to do? That's a great question. You can't handle that influx of people. You can't. No. No matter how charitable your organizations are. No, you're not set up for you that. You can't do that. But again, well, if you're in New York and you're the mayor there, you can raise a stink about it, and there's going to be some media coverage. Yeah. Down on the border in Texas? Eh, nah. Well. Yep, sorry. That's like living on a golf course, okay? You're going to get your house hit by some golf balls. You're going to have a bunch of, you know, thousands of people coming into your town. Just deal with it. Yeah, but a thousand golf balls off my house in one day is probably a little (laughs) extravagant. I'd want to move then. 
Yes. Golly, I would say I would say you're right about that. And then I'm just going to get this out of the way right now. Um, Eric Swalwell. Idiot. Yeah, not one of your favorites. Just an idiot. Not anybody's real favorite. No. Um, He's talking about Tucker Carlson and what happened last week as far as all the January 6th you know, video that we had never seen before. It was held from the public, and it shows a completely different picture of what happened January 6th. That's not to say that most people that saw, you know, people abusing police and people, you know, desecrating the place and vandalism and assaulting people. Yeah, I think everyone is together saying, yeah, put those people in jail. But as far as people just wandering around or wandered into the building because cops were holding the doors open, the Capitol on January 6th, that's that's a different sort of story. So Swalwell is talking about, you know, with with Fox peddling so much fake news, you know, it, it, misinformation, he's just not quite sure about our troops, members of the military, seeing Fox News. He's not sure about Unreal. it. Unreal. Unreal. Well, again, I, I think about our troops, and I, I've been all over the world and have visited our troops uh, in some of the harshest places, and uh, nothing makes them feel more like home uh, than their access you know, to American television programming. Okay. And a popular channel is Fox News. And uh, again, I. Oh, you should have stopped right there. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, again, I, I don't want to get in the business of telling troops what they can and cannot watch good uh, i'm going to do it anyway a news station that a court is going to rule uh, is uh, in its evening hour uh, you know perpetuating dis and misinformation uh, i don't know if i disagree with both vets who are saying uh, that we need to take a look at uh, you know how this is being broadcast to our troops. oh yeah. are you serious oh more on that and chuck todd asked about the cartels being designed as terrorists or designated as terrorists next right here Cam and Robin show Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, he's out. It's his birthday. I'm glad he's celebrating his birthday. Yeah, that's I cool. Wish him happy birthday. He deserves that. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, man, there's a lot to talk about. We were talking about illegal immigration continues to be a problem. Uh, the DEA administrator, Ann Milgram, was on. I think it was CBS over the weekend talking about records and just how brutal this situation is right now. And those cartels are acting with calculated, deliberate treachery to get fentanyl to the United States and to get people to buy it through fake pills, by hiding it in other drugs, any means that they can take in order to drive addiction and to make money. Okay. Yeah. So people die, fine. Whatever, you got to make money. China wants our people to die. That's why those shipments come from China, and then it ends up the cartels refine it. You can package it well in you know different colors, like the rainbow colors. Kids like those. Yeah, I mean it's alarming, <sighs> and it's not just for the people to say, "Man, I'm hooked on fentanyl." It's some people thinking they're getting a Percocet or Adderall or something else, and it's laced with fentanyl. They don't know a lot of these 
drugs that are coming across from the cartels look like the regular prescriptions. And why would the reason be that they were laced with fentanyl? Why would that be? Because they want you to die. <laughs> Simple. I don't think they really care about the health of Americans. I mean, the thing with fentanyl is you really can't complain about it once you've taken it, because chances are you're not going to make it. Pretty good chance. Yes. Man, I'm telling Tens you. of thousands have That's, died. It, it is scary, beyond scary. So Sleepy Eyes Chuck Todd on NBC over the weekend had Democratic Senator Bob Menendez on mm-hmm. and was saying, hey, there's probably going to be a vote about, you know, determining that the Mexican cartels and label them as a terrorist group. What do you think, man? It may come to a vote. Would you vote to designate these cartels terrorist organizations? Well, that has a, a certain designation. We've saved that for truly terrorist organizations in the world. Uh, certainly, they are uh, consequential uh, to questions of national security. I'm more interested in doing something uh, that ultimately uh, uh, seeks to destroy the cartels than to just name them. You know, you name them a foreign terrorist organization, that in and of itself means nothing. I was curious your reaction to that, Scott. Oh, of course it means something. And yes, they are. By any definition. It means something because of how you explained it earlier in the answer, Bob. Exactly, yeah. That's a special designation. What's the difference? Are you going to point that out? They're killing people in our country from another country. Yes. That would be a designation of terrorism. Well, the other part of it is, you know, by intel, they basically run the border. So what does that mean? I mean, the QAnon shaman is a terrorist. These guys are. <laughs> I go figure. I mean, right? I mean, yes. I mean, we're worried about your your garden variety street drugs, drugs being laced with fentanyl. I know. I mean, the only thing we had to worry about was our weed might have paraquat on it. <laughs> More on that a My, little bit later. My, how times have changed. Uh, daylight saving time. There are crimes that are less common during daylight saving time. Don't know if you knew that. Robberies and muggings, down, because it's light out longer. Oh, sure, yeah. Stolen cars. Well, sometimes people are so brazen it doesn't matter anymore. No. But by stats, these are less common. Mm-hmm. Theft of car parts, like catalytic converters, thefts from buildings, things like that. So it's an upside. And they're hard to see at night. You know that. Yeah. Uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Rellin, she's going to chill you out about the banking fears next. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, the Millennial David Van Camp out today. It's his birthday. The sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. So I don't think you're too nervous about what's happened to some of these banks over the weekend. Oh, I'm nervous. Oh, yeah. I'm I can nervous. see it. Yeah, because a lot of people are like, how, is there a contagion going on? Oh, well, yeah. Are we going to see a lot of bank failures today? And how many people are going to pull their money out of the bank they're in and just put it under their mattress again? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm halfway serious about that. Or a regional bank to put it into a bigger or, bank, something right, like that. Just take it out and move it because I don't trust these guys. No. I can um, certainly see that. Of course, this is covered all over the place. We'll get to a clip of uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen in a second. Um, but as far as Signature Bank and Silicon Valley Bank, 
their depositors are going to get all their money. So the Fed has moved to stem the crisis. You know, I had a question about this, and I, I don't think you can answer it. Just kind of a, I guess, circular firing squad here of sorts. But <clears throat> for everybody who had an ATM card with this bank, nobody has cash anymore. Nobody does. You're going to get your money today. But, I mean, if you use your ATM card, is it going to invalidate it? it, or is it going to go through? In the end, you're going to get your money, is what they would say, I guess. But it doesn't help me if I'm paying for dinner today. <laughs> well, yeah, that's going to be a nuisance for you. It's a big problem. So you are the guy, and it's a wonderful life. I want my money now, George. Well, it's my money. <laughs> No, but, but, I, I, but your money is in my house. This it's is David's the, house. Well, this is the problem with cashless society. Everything's there. Here we go. It, it is. Here we go. Everything is there. Uh, so, again, all deposits guaranteed. So that is designed to shore up this, well, wavering confidence, as they say. So regulators announced they had taken control of Signature Bank along with Silicon Valley Bank. And by the way, they said this doesn't constitute a bailout because stock and bondholders in these banks would not be protected. Right, sorry. But they separately said they would use emergency lending authorities to make more funds available to meet demands for bank withdrawals. I don't know if it's at the ATM. It doesn't specify here in the story, Scott. An additional effort to prevent runs on other banks. Mm. Okay. And so... They're saying this should be enough to stop the depositor panic. Okay. So that's pretty much the story. And they're saying, by the way, usually the government standards $250,000 for what it will cover right. as far as deposits. The federal regulator said any losses to the government's fund would be recovered in a special assessment on banks that the U.S. taxpayers would not bear any losses. Jeez. And I think a lot of people will hear that and say, that's what they say now. Well, you know, I think think about, I don't know about you, but pretty much every bill I have comes directly out of my account. Yeah. I mean, every month you just get hit with the charge, get hit with the charge, get hit with the charge. Mm-hmm. What a disaster that is if my bank goes belly up. Well, sure. Yeah, of Holy course. Sm- and I got no money to pay them because it's all there. <laughs> but they get their money back today. See, you borrow trouble all the time. I'm not saying this is a great thing that's happened. Where does okay? Okay, you know what? I know if you're if you're new to the show, yeah, and you haven't caught on to this yet, just know this, and it's it's this is a fun way to play it in a desperate situation. Okay, we'll try to assess it. The first thing Scott's going to do is think of himself. How does this affect me? Well, I think that's how most people think right now. How does this affect me? I know, but we're on a show. We're try, trying to assess things. But and you're like, me, my ATM. What about that? Say, for instance, you have $10,000 in your account, right? Okay. Bank goes belly up. Government's going to go ahead and bridge that gap and give you your money back. Where do they put it? Does it come in a check? It's just in the account. What account? The account that they have designated. Sometimes it moves uh, on under, the bank that closed? Under, under a different name. Okay, now I'm in, like, Bob's bank. You still have your money. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm feeling good about things. The other thing is he's he's going to panic. Scott will think of himself first and then second panic. Then I'll think about you after that. No, you won't. Third. Yeah, whatever. Somebody else and then you after that. And if also you're new to the show, Scott had a couple of heart attacks in 2015. Golly. 
Well, and good. Was Give me another nearly one. dead. Was actually without a pulse for 40 minutes. Yeah. So just relax, man. Okay. okay. No, no big deal. No big deal. You, you have to have cool heads during something like this. Right. That's why they bring out Janet Yellen, Treasury Secretary. And there's nothing more soothing than Grandma talking to me at night here, right? Well, I think, was this CBS? She was on the Talking Head shows, and it's framed to her as, hey, Silicon Valley's been through a lot here, and there are a lot of people that had invested money in this thing. So now what? Janet? The tech sector has already been suffering from layoffs. It's already under pressure, and this is really the hub of American innovation. Uh, How severe will the consequences be for that innovation? I think it depends on how this situation is resolved, but I'm well aware that many startup firms have deposits and venture capital uh, firms have deposits at this bank that um, have been affected by its failure. So this is something we're working to try to resolve. See, that's not really the answer anybody wants. I don't know about you, but I feel better. Yeah, that's why I play it. Golly. I mean, I'm listening to different analysts, and some that certainly are not friendly to the current administration. And they seem to chill you out a little bit. You know what I mean? You take it with a grain of salt because you don't know what to trust. But Janet getting out there saying the obvious, and we are concerned about it. Oh, yeah. And all I can hear now, and this is one of the problems I really truly believe that once you've lost the public's trust on something in a situation like like what we've seen with her before in her position they have to be replaced i'm not looking to just fire everybody but once you've lost the trust it's pretty much done and anytime she gets up there even if i want to believe what she's saying you know what goes through my head january of last year yeah. or june of last year talking about inflation when finally, at some point in time, the Biden administration had to admit there was inflation because they didn't want to admit it. Right. And it was it was Wolf Blitzer, of all people, that finally played some old video for Janet to show her how wrong she was, if you want to relive this. Sure, yeah. I want to play for you what you said about inflation last year. Listen to this. Is there a risk of inflation? Um, I I think there's a small risk, and I think it's manageable. I don't anticipate that inflation is going to be a problem, but it is something that we're watching very carefully. See, whatever, we're watching it carefully. We know it's important. I just couldn't have been more wrong about it. Then you're you got to be gone. Right? No, you can't. You You've can't, lost the yeah. trust, and I think that's what. Wolf got out, got out there. Was it a mistake, Madam Secretary, to downplay this inflation risk? Did that contribute to the problems we're all seeing right now? Well, well, um, look, I, I think I was wrong then about um, the path that inflation um, would take. You think you were wrong? Yeah. No, no, no. You can say definitively. I was freaking wrong. I mentioned there have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy. That- it wasn't. It was predicted all across the industry. We talked about it. Three jamokes. Yeah. Everybody that just- probably couldn't pass a financial class. Right. And and the master class that's being held by Janet Yellen didn't know what. Surprise. <laughs> take it by surprise. Yeah. Really? 
We know it. Have boosted uh, energy and food prices and um, supply bottlenecks that have affected our economy badly. It was already happening. I didn't, at the time didn't fully understand. Oh, boy. But we recognize that now. Well, that's congratulations because it's undeniable. Some things don't age well, do they? <laughs> no. No. That's my whole point, man. You can't put her out there. She's well, not trustable. I'm waiting for the press secretary today to tell us that every day when Joe Biden gets up, he's laser focused on these bank closings. <laughs> and, and, Which is the last thing you want to hear. He's doing the best thing he can for the American people. It'll be some garbage like that. Of course. Joe Biden is laser focused. He is. Yes, he is, of course. All right, it's that time of the show. Okay. Always looking at stories out there. It may not be the biggest story of the day, but it caught your attention. Today, Scott, what's your story? Well, my story is the menthol cigarette ban. What? Remember in June of 2020, Massachusetts enacted a ban on flavored tobacco and nicotine vaping products and other nicotine delivery systems. They also put a ban on menthol cigarettes. Well, how are we doing? Well, in less than a year, the legislators there are now working to repeal at least part of this ban. They cited enforcement issues and significant losses in retail revenue and taxes. <laughs> and some of their concerns that the ban remains. Things have happened as predicted. More data continue to pour in describing unintended consequences of banning menthol smokes. These include a spike in cigarette smoking, particularly among black women and all groups under the age of 25. Now, with the release of the latest annual report, uh, we've also learned other predicted results. Seems to me, Jamie, people didn't stop smoking them. They just don't buy them there anymore. <laughs> Smuggling and tobacco piracy involving menthol cigarettes has been on the rise. And apparently, the police have confiscated so many boxes of Newports, they're running out of room to store them now. I can, you can't make this up. <laughs> I have a quick question. Why are you yelling? I don't. We talked about this years ago, two years ago. Like, here's what's going to happen. I know. It's easily predicted. People are going to run across the border and buy menthol smokes <laughs> and bring them back and sell them for 10 times what they paid for them. It's a racket. <laughs> Idiot legislator. You miss well, smoking too, don't you? Sometimes, yes. <laughs> Like that right contributed now, to the heart attack, you know. A big, smooth new part would be good. <laughs> <laughs> These idiots. They're just idiots. They, they, their morality just... on smoking. And particularly uh, the, 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 the people of color population. Oh, there were people who were the in the black community saying, what's this on us, exactly. man? And you know what? More women in that, in that community are smoking now than ever before. <laughs> okay. Just relax, man. It's going to be all right. God, they're just such dopes. I shouldn't have picked this story for my story today because um, I know this gets you irritated, too. Um, Ticketmaster and Live Nation both have been getting, I mean, obliterated oh, dude. all over the place. I mean, even the federal government. I mean, articles have been written. What is the deal? Why do they charge so much for tickets? Yes, well, Ticketmaster is working on a plan to educate both politicians and the general public about their practices and fees we so go. we can appreciate what goes into the cost of a ticket. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. Um, you're talking about seeing a few different bands that are out touring 
and for you're talking just middle of the theater or middle of the arena seat at 150 bucks. Easy, easy. Sticks is playing and so soon, the, and the tickets are like 170 bucks a piece. Yes, it's pretty much that way across the country. That's insanity. Yes, because you know, and I understand wages were different then, but. You know, we talk about this, like, seeing Van Halen on the 1984 tour yeah. at the height of their powers for $12.50. Yeah. I don't remember a lot of fees getting tacked on. This is hard to comprehend for some people. Well, it now, is. you got, you know, boomers and some Gen Xers that have some dough now. Yeah, they can shell out the money. You're a common fan. It's very difficult. You're doomed. Yeah. Or you can go to one show a year. So a Live Nation exec says, we got to go out now and do a much better job so policymakers and consumers understand how the business operates. So they're actually thinking, hey, if we just explain it, then you'll you'll be happy paying $147 to see Mr. Roboto. Right. Yeah. Are you kidding? You better, Let me tell you, you how to be a works. great explanation, man. Golly. Okay. Hey, you've heard about different people calling, hey, we should ban TikTok. Oh, it's yeah. a Chinese spy app. Now you have a Democratic senator saying, yep, we should ban it. We'll get to that and much more coming up right here. All right, the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, out today, back tomorrow. There's Scott Robbins. Heard a lot of talk about TikTok. Some people are saying, man, that thing should be banned. It's a Chinese spy app. I've noticed if you try to talk to someone that uses TikTok and explain that to them, they'll look at you like you have eight heads. Oh, sure. Are you serious? Give me a break. Nuh-uh. You try to lay it out for these people. Mm. No, hey, man, yeah, I'm not saying you can't do whatever. Just they know all your information. So what? Who? What do I care? And it's to the point now you even have some Democratic senators say, yep, it's time to be banned. Now, they like to ban everything, um, but they weren't, they weren't okay with this because so many of their constituents with purple and green hair use it to get the message out. Dude, it's not just that. That's 100 million people. Mm-hmm. 100 million in the United States. And the Democrats use this as a powerful tool. When it comes to campaigning. Well, sure. That's why it was surprising to hear Mark Warner, the Senate Intelligence Committee chair, who's a Democrat, say what he said to Martha Raddatz over the weekend. Just very quickly, do you think TikTok should be banned? Absolutely. I, I you know, this is a, literally 100 million Americans are on TikTok an average of 90 minutes a day. Um, that data is residing in china no matter what TikTok says and the truth is TikTok can be used as a propaganda mechanism for the communist party of china that i believe is a national security concern well yes to get kids to do all kinds of crazy stuff they don't allow it in china TikTok. i'm a little surprised at the time spent 90 minutes a day yeah wow Dude, phone addiction. I mean, that's a whole other topic. It's crazy, man. It really is. But he goes on. What we don't, what we don't, what we need though is a rules-based 
approach that doesn't simply single out a single application because it was Huawei, the Chinese telecom company earlier, TikTok today, there will be other technology applications. We need a rules-based approach um, that will look at this foreign-based technology from China, Russia, Iran, North Korea. Basically, it'll be Papa Mole. I mean, it would be one after another after another if you ban this one. So you got to have some sort of rule. I'm like, okay. Hey, there's some common ground with two political parties. But the Biden administration's not going to go along with that. No. Can't see that happening right now. Because, again, they use that to campaign, and it's been successful for them. Be interesting to see where it all goes. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, off today. He'll be back tomorrow. There's Scott Robbins. A lot of nervousness around the country about the banking industry. Rightfully so. I get it. I get it. I'm with you. Why are you nervous, Scott? Well, I mean, two banks just failed. Two huge banks just failed. Did you have your money there? No. Why are you nervous? What if my bank fails, Jamie? I think that's a lot of people. They're wondering about that right now. Yeah, because we don't know. We don't know. We don't know what these guys are doing. I mean, we give them our money. We have no idea what they're doing with it. We don't know. Well, you could. You just just have to request the information. Yeah, well, could you please send me your... Could I serve on the board of directors? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, they're, they're trying to say right now, and we've read a lot of different pieces on this, saying, hey, people that had their money there, you're going to be fine. Now, as far as investors, that's a different story. Mm. And usually, if you had your money there, you'd be guaranteed up to $250,000, but we're going to go way beyond that. Okay, so if you got your money there, just relax. And it's not going to be, you know, taxpayers that are going to pay for this. Okay, we're going to have things in place. You should have Zelensky pay for it. He's got all the dough. Well, part of it talking about the FDIC and the money that's put there is going to go ahead and, and pay for everybody that supposedly lost their money because you didn't really lose it. You're going to be able to get a hold of that money today. Mm-hmm. Okay. For a lot of people, they're wondering, okay, well, isn't that just Peter paying Paul? I mean, what are we talking about? Isn't that the government? Isn't that taxpayer money? Well, not exactly. See, that came from a different fund. So yeah. forget the fact that we're over $32 trillion in debt. This is different money. And this is where people start to see circles. You know, like, okay, whatever. And then I think you're right, Scott. People are like, oh, how is this going to affect me? Well, hopefully for most people, it's not going to affect them at all. But know this from the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen. This this isn't a bailout, okay? During the financial crisis, um, there were um, investors um, and owners of 
systemic large banks that were bailed out and we're certainly not looking and uh, the reforms that have been put in place means that we're not going to do that again but we are concerned about depositors and are focused on uh, trying to meet their needs yeah i feel better (laughs) (laughs) we're in good hands you know and I know a lot's happened in, you know, say 24 hours, but it was interesting yesterday. Bob Menendez, Democratic senator, who's on the banking committee, committee, had not been briefed on this yet at this time yesterday. How? I don't know. People freaking out all weekend. I was surprised, too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was yesterday. This was Sleepy Eyes Shark Todd. Let know? me start with... The banking committee, I obviously I invited you on before all of this happened. Um, have you gotten a briefing over the weekend, and what's your sense of what we can expect tomorrow morning? Uh, um, uh, well, Chuck, I have not gotten a briefing yet. Oh, hell. Why, why would you? The lady from Poldergeist has got it. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to pretend to know how all this stuff works, okay? But you have history of being in middle management. I do. Um, Every company goes through a crisis now and again. Mm -hmm. Somebody did something stupid. Somebody's getting fired. Um, There's a firestorm somewhere. Something happened. Whatever. Okay? If you're on the committee that's greatly affected, you're in the loop constantly. And this isn't about cutting T-shirts out of the budget. I mean, we're no, talking about th- a meltdown of two major banks. Yeah, this is selling T-shirts Friday night no, and exi- 75 bucks is no. missing and there's 80 emails over no, the weekend about this month. Right. No. <laughs> That's the These thing. These are banks failing. <laughs> Big ones. So what did you hear in the briefing? Uh, well, Chuck, I have not gotten a briefing yet. Oh. Unbelievable. Big player. I mean... We got briefings watching the news. <laughs> this guy, it's on the committee. I know. By the way, quick side story. I just happened to see this at Daily Wire over the weekend. Um, Signature Bank, one of the banks that failed over the weekend. Yeah, big one. Had refused President Trump's business following January 6th. Yeah, that's right. Did you hear about this? Your business is no good here, Trump. Yes. Yeah. Signature Bank said we witnessed the president encouraging the rioters and refraining from calling in the National Guard. Wait a second. It was Trump that refrained from calling in the National Guard? Apparently. That's not quite how I remember that. Remember, people were warned ahead of time, and nobody wanted extra Capitol Police or the National Guard there because of optics. These woke jackholes just blew the bank up. Imagine that. Man. Yeah. So that's something. So people are saying, well, I'm sure Trump's like, man, I'm glad they didn't want my business back then. That's good. Okay. Yeah, because there would have been some FDIC boondoggle where he didn't get his money back, but everybody else did. Yeah. Um, also, over the weekend, I saw this piece, New York Post, Miranda Devine, who's done great reporting over the last three years. Really. Top five, I would say, easily. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One um, of the few, by the way. Talking about how the media just ignored the Democrats this last week. Stepping on freedom of speech. And this is one of the things, because I thought of you, Scott, many different times and we've known each other for almost 30 years that you will say never in my lifetime did i think i'd see and then fill in the blank oh yeah because 
it seems we used to be more united on freedom of speech, but not anymore. No. The left, no, there is no, no. freedom. We will decide what freedom of speech is and what speech is okay and what isn't. Because we learned so much from the Twitter files. And it was really interesting that you had Matt Taibbi, you know, he used to be with Rolling Stone, and Michael Schellenberger that were testifying last week. Two guys that would have been described on the left, both, I would, five years ago. Easily. Oh, yeah. And I, I think mean, that's Taibbi why... Taibbi was, in all fairness, Taibbi was coming at Rolling Stone with more of a conservative slant to his stories, but I would hardly have put him in a category of some guy that was like Captain Red State, you know? No, but you would have said he leans left, but yes. not as far left as what more Rolling Stone More of a middle ground, common sensey sort of approach. Yes. Fair enough. Yeah. And man, they go out there and... Just we're getting abused by the Democratic lawmakers. And just idiots, too. That's why Elon Musk picked these guys, to go through all of the Twitter files to say, okay, you guys know what you're doing here. At least most people are going to take this serious, because if I bring in nothing but right-wing reporters, no one's going to take it serious, so I'll let you guys do it. And then, you know, Taibbi is called, what, a so-called journalist? Oh, this was, oh, boy, by a, by somebody who's not distinguishable at all, by the way. No, not I mean, at all. Just... And he took issue with it and really said exactly what has been going on. Ranking member Plaskett, um, I'm not a so-called journalist. Uh, I've won the National Magazine Award, the I.F. Stone Award for Independent Journalism, and I've written 10 books, including four New York Times bestsellers. <laughs> the original promise of the Internet was that it might democratize the exchange of information globally. A free internet would overwhelm all attempts to control information flow, its very existence a threat to anti-democratic forms of government everywhere. What we found in the files was a sweeping effort to reverse that promise and use machine learning and other tools to turn the internet into an instrument of censorship and social control. Unfortunately, our own government appears to be playing a lead role. Yes, they do. And then the other part of that story, which is... It's really nuts, man. The Federal Trade Commission demanded that Twitter hand over a list of journalists who have accessed the Twitter files. That is harassment. Yeah. In Miranda Devine's piece, that's what she calls it, and it is. Well, it's intimidation, too. Yes. The FTC has sent 12 letters since Elon Musk took over, making more than 350 demands. Jeez. On, On December 13th, days after Taibbi published the first of the Twitter files... The FTC demanded Twitter identify all journalists to whom Twitter has granted access to the files and wanted to know about firings. Talk about the government trying to take over everything. That needs to be stopped. And people on the left, you got to understand, it, it will come for you at some point. Well, they'll run out of targets. Yes. And again, if you don't, you can't be gray about where you stand. You have to be with us or against us. Nothing comes in between that. And if you are against us, we're going to do everything we can to make sure you have no voice, period. That's the strategy. That's what they're doing. Make no mistake about it. The intimidation factor exists. They go after you, and they go after you hard. These people are ruthless, man. And oh, man. And they need to be a minority, and we need to know they're just yipping, yapping little puppies is what they are. You know, something else that's interesting, and even though Van Camp is off today... He had sent us a piece of audio. Oh, yeah. And this is pretty wild, man. Um, 
they are doing this whole thing on the origins of COVID-19. Of course, I think of that when I think about the Twitter files and everything and that we found out. journalism in general, yeah. And what we're going to find out even more about. Mm-hmm. Because as we all know now, if you happen to say, you know what, I don't think masks work. I, I saw a study out of, say, Denmark. Boom, gone from Twitter. Gone from YouTube. Oh, yeah. Can't have it. Like, wait a second. This, I'm just some jamoke. I'm going off a study from another country. Yeah, you can't say that. What do you mean you can't say that? Those were the rules. So of all places, CBS News did a whole piece this morning about the origins of COVID-19. Oh, wow. Yes. So we need to get to that. Also, Pope Francis blast gender ideology. Of course he did. Well, there are some people on the left sort of surprised by it. We'll get to it all coming up right here. Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, out today. Happy birthday, David. Yeah, happy birthday, David. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, if you think that the whole COVID-19 thing started in that lab in Wuhan, <laughs> xenophobic. Oh, yeah. Racist. Except now. Well, yeah. Now it's okay. But when everything pointed toward that a few years ago, including common sense, I uh, could say it. Or you got booted. No, you're right. Plausible explanation. Mm-hmm. But Not now, allowed. now we know more. Part of that's because of the Twitter files. Mm-hmm. Part of that's just because of investigations. Been many other countries that have come to the same conclusion. Yeah, it came from that lab. It wasn't any wet market. Kissing pingulas. So, you know, even though David's off today, he was looking around at news today and sent us this story from CBS News who was on this. Um, Catherine Herridge on the story. And... Honestly surprised, and pleasantly so, that they were covering it like this. Morning, Michelle. Sources tell CBS News an investigation of this complexity could take at least six months to reach a conclusion about whether U.S. government agencies were billed twice for projects in Wuhan, China. The probe kicked off after new information came to light from Congress. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're talking about money. I mean, we knew we were funding stuff, but you're talking about actual bills? You got it? Hmm. What do you think of that, Scott? Well... I think it's probably true, and I think there's very little oversight into anything that was going on. So, and I'm sure Fauci forgot he paid it the first time. Or <laughs> it's two separate things. I'm not sure. Right, it could be. Um, but they talk about this former field investigator, Diane Cutler, worked with the government before. She turned her attention to this. And it was asked to Diane, hey, how many documents, you know, have you viewed on this? So uh, categorized it and then drilled down from there. This included possible medical supplies, equipment, travel, and salaries. So what I found so far is uh, evidence that points to double billing potential theft of government funds. It is concerning, especially Mm -hmm. since it involves dangerous pathogens and risky research. Thousands of documents and figure this out. Wow. Like, uh, okay. 
and then they set it up again. Now, sometimes they'll say, you know, it's not decided yet. You know, there's still a lot of debate on whether it came from the lab or that wet market. No. It's more in nature. Um, but they did mention in the story. Started, the FBI and now the Energy Department have found an accidental lab leak is plausible. Not pot- Plausible? How about likely? <laughs> not potentially through yeah. infected animals at a nearby market. Right. <laughs> of course. I, the way they're still tiptoeing around this thing. Yeah. Well, it's plausible. But now you have these bills. Right? Yeah. Here comes the obvious question. Ready? Yeah. Does following the money get us closer to understanding the origins of COVID-19? <laughs> following the money always seems to work in investigations. Yeah. Republican Senator Roger Marshall hired Cutler and took her records to USAID's internal watchdog, which opened its own probe, details of which have not been previously reported. Mm. What needs to happen next? Uh, next, we do need this 9-11 style commission. Uh, I call it apolitical, non-political. We need to get this outside of Washington, D.C. Sources familiar yeah, with the grant do. records did not dispute CBS News' reporting. Oh. Hmm. That is very interesting. So I know, and if David were here, he'd say, you know, nothing's going to come of this. I know. That may be. But it does tell me at least more people are going to understand the truth. Holy smokes, if they're doing it on CBS News? Well, yeah. That's all you really want is for legacy media to just report the story at all. First First and foremost, just report it somewhat. Get half the facts right. That would be better than nothing. Well, I mean, we've got a Republican-controlled Congress. I mean, these types well, of House. things should be... Uh, yeah. Not Senate. No, I know, but it's. I just think these types of things should be brought into the forefront. Whether anything happens or not, at least... Yes. Make put hold their feet to the fire on national TV. I agree. You're really attacking not only Dr. <laughs> Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. <laughs> Start talking about themselves in the third yeah. person again. That's always fun. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, did see this. Pope Francis criticized radical gender ideology in a recent interview. Well, I'm sure he did. Well, y- y- are you sure? He's the Pope of the Catholic Church, I would assume, although he strays quite a ways off a lot of times. Gee whiz. Not seems, that far off. Seems like a slam dunk, yeah. Uh, he said in the interview, gender ideology today is one of the most dangerous ideological colonizations. Wow. Why is it dangerous? Because it blurs differences and the value of men and women. All humanity is the tension of differences. It is to grow through the tension of differences. The question of gender is diluting the differences and making the world the same. All dull, all alike, and that's contrary to human vocation. No word right. on whether or not... Devout Catholic Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi had anything to say. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, without David here, I'm asking you, Scott, biggest story of the day is what? Well, it's got to be the two banks folding. Yeah. I mean, the banking meltdown has got to be first and foremost, I'm assuming, with everybody. I mean, I saw Joe shuffle out and talk for 90 seconds about it today and shuffle back off, blaming Trump, of course. Well, yeah, they they had these regulations, and and he he rolled them back. Trump did, and now they're they're going to try to get him back in place. This guy he had two years to do it, Joe. Yeah, a little little slow there. Yeah, yeah, that's really something. Um, so yeah, we'll get to that. Janet Yellen is trying to make sense of it. We'll have a clip there. <laughs> okay. Um, and then also a report about if you had like local payroll through one of those banks, what are you doing today? We'll get to that straight ahead.
the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, the millennial David Van Camp. It's his birthday. He's celebrating. He'll be back tomorrow. Scott Robbins, the sexy boomer. Yeah, I know we're going to talk a little bit about these bank failures. Yeah. Um, I got a note from one of our listeners today. Yeah. And again, we talk because we talk like a lot of other people talk. He said, if the FDIC does take over your bank overnight, you can still use your debit card. You still have the same account number. You can still write checks. The only people who are hurt are shareholders and people who have over two hundred fifty grand in cash in their account. Believe well, those people, they said, are going to be fine. They're going to go above and beyond the $250,000. That was in the statement. That's what they said. Yes. Well, and I've also heard that it's moved to a different entity, that it's not under Silicon Valley Bank. You know, it was interesting. It's Walmart now. <laughs> no, that's not true. Okay. That's you being funny? I'm making that up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but someone else will be yeah, like, don't, I mean, hey, check it out, it's not a Walmart. Jackasses, it's not Walmart. Um, it's Sam's Club. On Fox, <laughs> they talked to Alex Meshkin, and he is the head of a startup called FlowHelp. Now, their money is not in Silicon Valley Bank, but he explains it had to do with their payroll. Okay, and there are a lot of people in this situation, and this part was not good. Roll it. The shutdown in the in the crisis definitely affected us last week. Um, so our payroll provider is a company called Rippling, another startup, well funded. Um, we've been using them for over a year. So the way payroll services work is a payroll provider will debit um, our payroll from our bank account, sweep it to their bank account, basically twenty four hours prior to our payroll being dispersed to our 1,000 employees. Follow so far? Yeah. Easy enough? Yeah, so far. Okay. And so last week, the timing could not have been any worse for us. Um, Our payroll was uh, debited on Wednesday uh, evening, and on Friday morning, our employees were supposed to be paid. They were not paid. Wow. Um, We received a message from our payroll provider to our HR department telling us that there was an operational issue. Uh-oh. My head of HR contacted me. Um, I already knew what was going on with Silicon Valley Bank from the night before and immediately connected the dots and told my head of HR, we're in trouble. He used a little bit more colorful language. <laughs> um, and we you know, verified they used Silicon Valley Bank and um, moved into crisis management. So he would never have known what bank they used, the service that does payroll for them. No. Until, yeah, we're getting some problem. There's an operational error. Yeah, I like that. Operational uh, yeah. error. Uh-oh, they're probably tied to that bank. Operational error was the run on the bank. <laughs> we're bleeped. Yeah, they're done. Now what? Well, Elon and Musk says he's going to buy it. Maybe. SVB. Okay, he's going to buy it. Maybe. What does that mean? Uh, well, he's uh, he said that he is very open to the idea of purchasing Silicon Valley Bank. Okay. Business insiders are now saying that in a recent reply to the tweet, Twitter owner and uh, Tesla CEO, Elon said, yeah, I'll think about that. Oh, man. <laughs> you Can you imagine that? that? Freaking oh out over that. Oh, he's the devil. Hitler. <laughs> like this guy. And now he's going to have the money. Yeah, problem. I'll fix it. I'll buy it. Yeah. Well, they really messed up people running that thing of how they handled it. I know there's all sorts of different stories, but the easiest to understand to me is 
they put all this money in one place. So once you had inflation and the Fed raised the rate, what they had was worth billions, not so much now. And then people wanted some of their money, and there's no money. Well, people were following along that knew. Yeah. And went, where's my money? Yeah. So the follow-up question to this guy, Alex Meshkin, at the startup, you know, who couldn't cover, you know, then what happens? What about the money? Again, it didn't affect any of our business. We bank at another major bank. Um, we're well capitalized. doesn't affect our operations, vendors, or anything like that besides employee payroll. So employees, uh, after, you know, being involved, putting pressure on our payroll provider, speaking to the media, um, the, the payroll provider started... That helps. Yep. We can't get our money! The, the payroll provider started to work with another bank. We got some of our employees paid on Friday and Saturday. The rest of our employees are being paid this morning. Um, we already were putting in backup plans to basically double fund payroll. We were going we to figure that out no matter what and take care of our employees. But the point is, is there's so many businesses beyond even payroll services that have hidden risks of working with other businesses that bank right. at banks that are facing failures and challenges and insolvency. There you go. You know, on a personal note, I've never had to deal with anything like that. But I did work at a place one time, and you worked there too, Scott, for a couple of years. I worked there almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think this ever happened when you were there, but for the first three, four years I was at this particular business, we got paid every Friday. It wasn't like twice a month. It was every Friday. The thing was, you didn't know if the check would clear. Yeah. And so those checks would usually show up in the same, you know, it's one of those files that's like, you know, nailed on the wall. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden the checks just go in there. And you talk about a run on the bank. It was a race to the bank. It was once you got the check, man, you were kind of running downstairs, hop in your car and drive to the bank. <laughs> Cash it while the funds are still there. And for, I had two different bodies that did a split midday shift. One did like 9 to noon. The other one did noon to 3. And sometimes they would get hosed because they wouldn't get there. Damn. <laughs> that was insane. Mm-hmm. That wasn't that. Well, I guess it was 30 years ago. Yeah, anyway, I, yeah I, I, well. I remember it. Yeah, the stories of that. I'm thinking, holy smokes, man. I worked yeah. for some bad operators, but nothing like that. Fun guy to work for. There's no doubt about it. Oh, sure. It was a lot of fun, but it was a wild ride. I'll say that. Uh, the old rock radio days. Um, Janet Yellen is trying to resolve the situation, just so you know, with what's going on with the banks. Okay. Okay. And again, when it comes to Janet Yellen, and I, I don't bring this up just to sort of, you know, criticize her, make her feel bad, anything else. It's just in the past, and this was within, what, the last year, that she had to admit that she made a mistake before, like a massive mistake. It have affected our economy badly that I, didn't, at the time, didn't fully understand, but we recognize that now. Yes, as far as inflation, because she kept saying, I don't think we're going to have inflation. Until we had massive inflation. record inflation that everyone predicted. So now she's out there 
saying we're doing what we can to figure this out, but it doesn't instill confidence in anyone. I think it depends on how this situation is resolved, but um, well aware that many startup firms have deposits and venture capital uh, firms have deposits at this bank that um, have been affected by its failure. Mm-hmm. So this is something we're working to try to resolve. Which is what Biden basically said today. We're to, working on it. Go to the light, Carol Ann. Go to the light. <laughs> she sound like that old lady from Poltergeist just a little? A little bit. Yeah. Hey, listen, man, I know I do the voice sometimes. It's not my whole purpose just to make fun of someone. No, but you do it pretty well. She should have been fired. Yes. I don't think it would have been necessary to be fired for just getting inflation wrong. It cost people millions, their jobs. You have to use the word or prudent. Yeah, whatever. All right. Mm -hmm. So you're saying Elon Musk is thinking about buying it. I ain't talking about it. He's kicking it around. Why not? Add it to the portfolio. I guess. Okay. Is there anything else from that news front? Not that I'm aware of. Pretty much it. Okay. That's it for right now, anyway. I did see this on a lighter note. Some heavy things going on today because you still got... My gosh, immigration. People rushing up the bridge to get into God, Texas. did you see that yes, video? Yes, I know. Holy smokes, man. Had the audio of that earlier. We're not going back. Crazy. And then we got people, oh, no, we're protecting the border. Yeah, we're doing everything we can. Fentanyl's down, huh? Golly. No, it's not. Look at the deaths. Unbelievable. Anyway, I saw this. Ten everyday things that used to be normal but are now known to be dangerous. Oh, boy. Wow. Might be going back to your childhood, Scott. Yeah, maybe a little bit here, yeah. Okay. Lead-based paint and leaded gas. Yeah, I used to eat the chips all the time, which explains a lot. (laughs) Chemically made colors with arsenic pigments. I don't think about it that much. I don't either. Um, You know, buildings, household appliances that had asbestos. Yeah. 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 Still have some buildings that have asbestos. asbestos. Yeah. Yeah. Batteries, fertilizer. Containing terrible stuff for you. Mm-hmm. Talc and baby powder. Cosmetic powers. Talcum powders. baby powder. Man, you're right. Who knew? I know. That's, wow. That one jogs me a little bit, yes. Teflon and nonstick cookware. Okay. Has the cancer-causing chemicals. Yeah. Um, science teachers using liquid mercury in school experiments. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Sometimes you'd get out and go across the floor. Oh, my gosh. It's one of those that all seem normal at the time. Mercury escapes inside your science lab, yes. Yeah. Um, This mentions seatbelts. The thing that's funny to me, because some people are like, oh, it's just a necessary thing. You know, it depends on your age. Didn't you get popped for no seatbelt? Oh, yeah. Like within the last few years? Yep. Because you're a one that believes in freedom. Ain't nobody going to tell you you about no seatbelt. It wasn't even a political statement. I just didn't have it on. And the the cop was sitting on a median with bif- with uh, with uh, um, like binoculars binoculars on, yeah. And he's looking inside cars. I see this guy standing on the median with binoculars. I'm like, what is that? So I pull onto the bridge. Why did I think at some point in time they were only going to pop you for that if they were stopping you for something? No, else? no, 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 no. They were pulling people over. This guy would radio ahead. They had like three cops pulling everybody over who didn't have their seatbelt on. Wrote you up. Yep. 
He was looking inside my car. Had you just like bought drugs from a gangbanger or something? I shoved the Bud Light under the seat, but no, no, I, that was it. Wow. They were looking for seatbelt violations, and they were nailing them right and left. Yeah, you griped about that for a week. Oh, gosh, dang it. With 300 bucks. Something else they mentioned. Everyday things that used to be normal, but now known to be dangerous. Hitchhiking. Yeah. Okay, that's really kind of before my time. Um, that was at the end of that. Kind of before mine, but I remember You remember it? seeing hitchhikers? Yes. Did you ever pick one up? No. Okay. And then they mentioned cigarettes. This is a BuzzFeed piece. Well. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people still smoke, though. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I don't think any of us knew exactly what it was doing to your body when no. you started. No, no, no. And that was even, for you, what, 70s? Yeah. Me, 80s? 80s. You, I mean, you knew it wasn't good. It wasn't like taking vitamins. But I don't think you had any idea what it was really doing to your well, body. Nobody smokes thinking it's good for him. Nobody does. Yeah. The funniest thing, seeing this about seatbelts, was I just saw my brother and my dad over the weekend, and we were talking about vacations we used to go on. My dad had pickup truck that had a topper on it we take two mattresses from cots throw them back there and then you'd have you know a big cooler with soda water other snacks or whatever and that's how we rode on vacation so it'd be mom and dad you know up in the front we're in the just back of the pickup with a topper on it yeah yeah and my dad had never heard Hillbilly Winnebago, which is why. <laughs> well, yeah, it was. <laughs> but yes, dude, it was awesome, though. I wouldn't have changed that for a second. Are you tying your sleds to a truck in the wintertime? Yes. Pulling. <laughs> yes, people still do that. Great fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, our budget director says, well, I can't assure the banking system is safe. We'll get to that and much more coming up right here. Van Camp and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp. He's out today. It's his birthday. He'll be back tomorrow. There's Scott Robbins. Happy birthday, David. Absolutely, man. Hope he's enjoying his day. Well, okay, the bank failures that we've seen over the weekend, a lot of people are nervous because it affects a lot more people than just people that had their money there. We've learned that. Mm -hmm. And again, if you have a plan in place, just to chill people out. You want someone that's going to go out on the news shows on Sunday, be the voice that will just say, it's going to be all right. Okay, we've got a plan, right? Here's the plan. I don't know that budget director Shalanda Young did a great job of answering the question, if you know what I mean. No. Because this was CNN, and the question I thought was pretty simple Go ahead and roll it. So you can tell the American people this morning, because I think this has caused a lot of concern, uh, that the U.S. banking system is safe and secure. You can say that? What yeah. do you What do you want to hear? Exactly. I, I, that, that's what I want to hear. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I think the, the voice here uh, is our Treasury Secretary, who is our lead and working with regulators. That's the appropriate 
uh, person uh, we should listen to here and who's tracking this the most closely. Um, but again, what I will say is after the financial crisis, the reforms put in place um, have given regulators more tools um, and our system uh, is more resilient uh, and the foundation stronger because of it. As soon as I heard that clip, I'm like, I got to bring it to the show for oh, Robbins. Oh my gosh. We have tools. McGurkin, 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 me, McGurkin. Tools in the toolbox. As long as we have that. We're all good. Remember how many tools we had when we were going to leave Afghanistan? Yes. Had a lot of tools in the toolbox. See? Mm-hmm. No need to worry here. And I, what I will say is we're going to listen to Janet Yellen. Okay? Another tool. Because she understands this stuff. It have affected our economy what? badly that I, didn't, at the time, didn't fully understand. But we recognize that now. Well, you didn't understand inflation, but we're no. going to trust you in this. The Treasury Secretary, you're not supposed to understand that. Okay. All right. Golly. You know what? I think we'll be all right. It's, just... it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. In spite of ourselves. You want a nice story? Yes. Okay. If someone gets bigger, unhealthy, and someone in their life is encouraging them to lose weight, mm-hmm. it's not always easy. No. But, man, when they do it, it's a reason to applaud. Wouldn't you say? Oh, sure. Yeah. Big accomplishment. This dude weighed like 650 pounds. Oh, jeez. And he made a promise to his grandma that he would lose the weight. Okay? Wow. I don't know what it is about promising grandma that means something more than promising mom. It just does. But it does. Yeah. And he was able to do it. The doctors told me if I don't do something about my weight issue, I was going to end up dying between three to five years. So I made a change. It scared me. I had to do something about it. I had suicidal thoughts before, too. I talked to my grandmother. She's the one that really pushed me at the, at the beginning, too. Nicholas Kraft. That's awesome. From Mississippi. Way to go, Grandma. Way to go, Nicholas. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. So look at that. This is nice. Scott Robbins with a smile on his face on a Monday. That was a sweet little story. Yeah. You like that? Yeah. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. David Van Camp's his birthday. He's off today, back tomorrow. Yep. There's Scott Robbins. A lot of talk today about the failure of a couple of big banks. I'm wondering, okay, is this going to be a contagion? Is this going to be like 2008? So the Biden administration has different people out there trying to say, oh, no, this is going to be different. Different sort of deal. Okay? Uh, We're going to make sure that they don't, well, we're not going to bail them out. Okay? It's not going to be one of those things, but if you had your money in there, you're going to be all right. Now, if you invested in there, well, sorry about your luck. Or over two hundred fifty grand, right? That's for the people that had their yeah. funds sitting there, yes. Yeah. But usually that's the limit. Mm. But they would do better than that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Wall Street Journal, we talked about this earlier, you know, it had a piece on what they did wrong. 
was basically not figuring that there was going to be a Fed interest hike. Well, the Fed telegraphed that. Everybody knew it. Yeah, I, I don't understand. That one I don't get at all. Everybody knew this was coming. So putting your money... They're like long-term investment. That wasn't going to work out very well, and it certainly didn't. And then you got mortgage-backed securities. You hear that, and you're like, what? Yeah, assessed value went boom. They're still doing that? Mm-hmm. You know? And again, we're just common-sense people. There might be some financial person that would say, oh, actually, that would have been a good way to go. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look very good right now. No. And then there are other stories coming out, you know, about especially Silicon Valley Bank. We had their own people invested making well, a run on the bank. Yeah, this one was really disturbing, and I heard this yesterday, but ahead of the collapse of SVB, many of the company's top executives sold their shares oh. worth $4.5 million in the company. The bank's chief executive officer, Gregory Becker, chief financial officer, Daniel Beck, and Chief Marketing Officer Michelle Draper sold their shares of the bank's parent company, SVB Financial Group, like a week ago. Interesting how that happens. A little precursor of things to come, perhaps, they knew about. So other people had some inside information See, that's, to decide, they, you know they, what, I'm going to get my money out of there. This isn't looking good. They had to go after them right away. No kidding. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I was just happy. I don't know. We just decided that, you know, we could. we didn't know. Well, the other part, that, and I saw this, you mentioned it, Scott. Daily Wire has a piece talking about how they're being criticized, Silicon Valley Bank, SVB, yeah. for the hyper-focus on woke DEI initiatives they're, and LGBT activism. Absolutely. They were knee-deep in the hoopla. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that a Jefferson Starship I album? I believe it was. Okay. Yeah. Or just Starship. That was after Jefferson. Uh Anyway, um, they said in this piece, so concerned with DEI, that, you know, it kept them from focusing on the core mission. And you go into this and you're like, okay, what exactly are we talking about with, you know, DEI, workforce diversity? They would say the site would read, an inclusive workplace expands opportunities for everyone. Silicon Valley Bank benefits from a diverse workforce, and we aim to continue to increase diverse representation at all levels of the company. And then there's this whole, you know, chart of percentages of men and women um, in senior leadership, their board, race, and ethnicity. Um, Yes. So it went on. It was, you know, 52% white, 22% Asian. And then, you know, on down from there. How does that help me if I'm an investor? How does that help me? Hispanic? Well, how? You feel good knowing that it's diverse. Okay? I feel good knowing competent people are handling my money, not some box they check off. This isn't working. Well, the chief risk officer for Silicon Valley Bank in Europe, Africa, and the Middle East, Jay Ursaf, Mm -hmm. uh, described herself as a, quote, queer person of color from a working-class background and organized LGBTQ initiatives, including month-long the Pride campaign, and also implemented so-called safe space catch-ups for staffers and also bragged about serving underrepresented entrepreneurs. Well, see, people thought they were putting their money in a safe space. 
but you were too concerned about safe space for people weeping, and now the money's gone. Well, I mean, and I talked about this earlier. I mean, most this is one of those situations where most people under the age of, let's say, 70, for the most part, trust their banks to do the right things. We willfully give them our money. Mm-hmm. We, we, we don't know where the money's going. We know they're investing in other things with our money, so they can make more money. I get it. Well, we and know so now. We can make more money. But it's like because we've done this over time, uh, and you said, I, I mean, I guess all you have to do is ask, I guess, where they invest their money. There's ways to find it yeah, out. Yeah, and, and we talk about it. Maybe we should, as a person, find out where the hell our money's going before we dump a bunch of money in there. Yeah, if you're one of those people, yeah, that are feeling like, oh my goodness, I, where is my money? Right, exactly. And what are they using my money for? Yes, I mean. It's it your money. I mean, causes yeah. you are not down with. You're not okay with. And if you can check that out ahead of time and make sure they're not doing that and then you feel better investing with them, I think that's good. Also, apparently, they were very invested in wineries around the country. Including Oregon. Including Oregon, California, yeah. other places where... And again, See, again, I, I, don't know, I, don't, I, I don't know anything about wineries or the return on investment of wineries. I don't know anything about it. But it's like I do know that they, you know those are we're talking million dollar companies for the most part. I don't know where they sit on the rung of repayment. You know the other part of this story to mention. We'll move on. That people have blamed the banks collapse on the Federal Reserve's interest rate hikes. Yeah, and the Wall Street Journal, of course, noted that the rate hikes caused the value of existing bonds with lower payouts to fall in value. You know translating to giant unrealized losses for some banks. They knew it was going to happen. Yeah. But I, I think that's one of the arguments. If you're so concerned with, where's our safe space? Can we get some couches in there? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it feels racist not to have a safe space for this person right. over here. Well, dude, do you know where the money's going right now? They're raising the rates. Yeah, your customers need to cry. This is not smart. They need a cry closet today. No doubt. Um, Did see this over the weekend. Our collective IQ has dropped for the first time in nearly 100 years. That's amazing. When I say that, what's the first thing you think of? I'm not surprised. TikTok? Just TikTok itself? Well, I imagine the internet in general. Just internet. Social media? Yeah, well, social media. Let's put it that way, yeah. Okay. Social media is... The dumbing down, I I would think. I'm not sitting on top of Pious Righteous Mountain because I participate in it. A lot. But I do know that it's probably not healthy. Well, we've seen all the studies, that's for sure. Yeah. As it says in the story, IQs tend to go up from generation to generation. Something called the Flynn effect. Right. Past 90 years, it increases about three points per decade. But a study at Northwestern and the University of Oregon found the trend has stalled out. Since about 2006, and reversed in some cases. Mm, that's disturbing. The biggest change they saw was in kids. Yeah. But they found a slight dip in IQs across all age groups, even adults. That means being worse at problem solving, math skills, verbal reasoning. They didn't look at what's causing it, but suggested it might have to do with our education system. Okay. Yeah. Part of it. But uh, you know what, just anecdotally, I've asked, I don't know how many people now, 
hey, this story's out there. What's the first thing you think of? It has to do either with a smartphone, social media, something around that. Yeah. Even though you have all this information in your pocket all the time, people do think it's making you dumber because you're basically entertained all the time. A lot of people aren't using it to get smarter. Well, you're not exposed to much with any counter ideas either. Yeah, that can be. I mean, you know, so it's very one track. I think once they start the uh, the drag queen tutor hour in schools, things will happen. They'll go up. <laughs> That'll be the cure, right? Right, yeah. Um, it, but this is happen, happening globally. Here's a few theories behind it, too. Some people are saying more pollution. Oh, okay. Okay. That's right. it. Man, if it wasn't for all that smog, I tell you. Yeah. Um, changes in our diet. Now, there might be something to that. I can kind of see that, yeah. Just the health of people. Right. Processed foods. It's a huge problem, Mm -hmm. especially in the United States, but all across the world. You get lethargic. It's not helping your brain want to work the way it was designed to work. And then it is the new obsession with phones and social media. And, of course, that, that plays into part of it. Yes. Um. Speaking of technology, this this is something, and you've talked about it before, and it's one of the reasons I thought it would be actually fun to bring this up. Okay. A dude uh, says his app unlocked and started another person's Tesla that was parked near his. Oh. Did you hear this story? No. Yeah, this was in Vancouver, in Canada. Not Washington. Um. Rahesh Randev, he's an immigration consultant, thought he was getting into his Tesla the other day because it was the same make and same color. Opened the door with his app, got in, drove off. It wasn't until he was driving he realized realized something wasn't right. Holy cow. It can happen that easy through the app? Yeah. This guy's driving with it, and he hears the country station. was like, wait a minute. I don't even like country music. This isn't my car! (laughs) Said after five or ten minutes, I got a text on my phone that said, Rahish, are you driving Tesla? Said the person who messaged him told him, you're driving the wrong one. Oh, man. Holy smokes. Oh, man. Yeah, there's audio of this guy talking about it. I start driving it. I noticed there was a crack on the windshield. And then I called my wife. What happened to the windshield? Next message was, you are driving the wrong Tesla car. I think there was two Tesla cars which are parked side by side. And because I was in a hurry, I jumped into somebody's car. I was surprised how I was able to drive somebody else's car. Yeah, I think a lot of people would be surprised by that. that. Wow. Just by the app. (laughs) I wonder how many Teslas are going to be stolen in the next week now. Oh, we got to get to this story about families getting destroyed by gender ideology. That and much more coming up right here. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley. David Van Camp off today. It's his birthday. Happy birthday, David. There's Scott Robbins. Hey, before we get to the story, um, do you think uh, taking your birthday off and celebrating is America getting softer? Because I've heard you say that before, Scott. 
Well, I, I mean, I never thought of taking my birthday off, no. So you are you still with that sort of thought? It's just a sign that America's softer? Well, he is of another generation, isn't he? I don't look at it you that know, way. You know, the greatest generation was the baby boomer thing, right? Those books have been written on it in the whole nine yards. The greatest generation. The softest generation is more, I think, where Dave is. Yeah. Okay, you're you're saying the greatest generation that gave birth to the baby boomers. Yes. Not the baby boomers. Not the baby boomers themselves. The, the boomers kind of ruined War II a lot. Guys. Well, the boomers were softer than that generation, yes. Yes. And then on and on it goes. And then raised the millennials. Yes, and then the millennials. Because they want to be friends with their kids. And the millennials raised the Gen Xers. What? Gen X is on top of millennials. Or, or, I mean, sorry, millennials. Gen X raised millennials, yeah. See what happens when you start talking nonsense? I know. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> I do have a great... I do have a great... I just wonder because I think we both feel good about David yeah, being off no, on no, his no, birthday. I, I, and I'm I, like, are listen, you faking? Because you used to rail on this. I love David, so I take your day off, David. Okay. But anybody else... You, know, you get back to work. Because you've never given that grace to me. Well, I mean, to me, taking your birthdays off is like going to Chuck E. Cheese and having a little party with your friends or something. <laughs> Sometimes it's your family that wants you to have the day off because they want to do certain yeah. things and enjoy the day. Now, if I get a phone call, I'm happy. Yeah. Why is that? Well, I just, I've, the, the people in my life tend to, I think by the time my birthday rolls around, they're done. Got it. Yeah. Okay. All right. I have to, More I, I have this to, later. I have to roll out the red carpet and take everybody to dinner on their birthday. No one does it for you. <laughs> But then you complain about it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I saw this piece spiked online saying the family's destroyed by gender ideology. Oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, this is a new documentary called Dead Name. I had not heard of it yet. Now I want to see it. Have you seen this? No, I haven't seen it yet, no. Did you hear about it? I heard. It, I read about it. I haven't seen it. Okay. So the way this story sets up is you have this, again, documentary, Dead Name. Now... You know, dead name is when a person, you know, is trans and identifies the opposite sex. They take on the new name. The old name is the dead name. Right. And then you're not supposed to ever call them that name again. No, because it's the dead name. Yes. But this focuses on parents, this documentary, and how brutal it can be. Well, and one parent said it feels like a gut punch to parents when they change their name and change their identity because it's like the child saying, I'm trying to cancel my childhood. Well, a lot of people think it is good to hear these people's stories. Right. But a lot of people on the left don't want that to happen. Well, no. <laughs> so they put this documentary up on Vimeo. Vimo. Vimo, sorry. <laughs> Appreciate that. I've been saying it wrong. Mm -hmm. They were they removed it. Gone. I mean, just 34 just gone. days. Gone. We're not doing this. And so uh, as it says, apparently, Vimo doesn't uh, trust audiences to make up their own minds on the issue. And so they replatformed the film within four hours. And this is on deadnamedocumentary.com is where you can find it. The film's director, Taylor Reese, said that the attempt to suppress the film actually sparked a surge in interest. And it drove sales through the roof. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Which is good. And here's the thing about this, which I think is a little bit different. Those that are profiled in the documentary are not cam campaigners. They're just relatable people struggling to make sense of this nonsensical ideology. 
just simple parents who are raising questions. So they talked to one of the parents is Amy, mother of a teen daughter, began identifying as a boy at 15, following the breakup with her boyfriend. Said, and all of a sudden, everything changed. One, one time to the doctor, yep, prescribed testosterone. Crazy. And then Helen is a lesbian whose ex-wife decided to socially transition their child. Uh, and there's a legal battle. It's nuts, man. Yeah, Ron DeSantis is Hitler. Okay. I want to see this. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I think I know the answer to the question, but I always ask it, usually of David, but he's not here, celebrating his birthday, which you resent. But, Scott, what's the biggest story of the day? I'll probably bank failure Monday. Yeah, from over the weekend. Yeah, we two, two big banks that have both failed. Well, I think the fear was that we were going to just have a debacle of a Monday. Yeah. And at, at this point, this has not happened. Well, today's not over yet. I understand. Makes me worried. Uh, the uh, the Dow is up, though, which is weird. It's, just a few it's, points, but it's up currently. It, it is a different atmosphere that we're yeah. in, trying to make sense of credit card I debt. I see that happening. Dow, no. and, yeah. I know. All right. We got a news update coming up. And then the Scott Robbins top three of the day, the trifecta next. Right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. Birthday boy David Van Camp is off today. He'll be back tomorrow. There's Scott Robbins. Mm -hmm. Okay, so keeping an eye on the banking industry, of course, today. And you had these two big banks fail. And I happened to see this story at Fox News, and it was Steve Moore, the former Trump White House advisor and chief economist at FreedomWorks, saying that this might be the, quote, tip of the iceberg. For the financial system. Not really what you want to hear. No. Um, he was on Fox today uh, saying that the Biden administration's spending caused the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates. I think we know that. But here's the thing. All the major banks knew that, too. They knew it was coming. They had mentioned it ahead of time. But the quote he had he said, I agree with the president that we don't have an overall banking crisis. Okay, that's good news. Mm-hmm. The system is sound, but I do think you have a lot of major banks that are in some trouble. And Silicon Valley Bank may just be the tip of the iceberg here. I think it's important for people to understand how this potential banking crisis happened. It's not because there aren't enough bank regulators, as Biden is trying to say. It's because of the massive inflation and the trillions and trillions of dollars of borrowing that the federal government has done that has put our financial system in great jeopardy and great peril. You just can't keep doing that month after month, year after year, borrowing trillions and trillions of dollars. And so what happened, because of the Biden spending and debt policies, is that not only did inflation go up, but interest rates have gone up. You know, the Fed has to raise interest rates eight or nine times, and they're talking about more interest rate increases to come. Yeah. And that's caused a lot of financial problems for these big banks as the interest rates to go up. But again, you know it's going to happen. And, dude, 
when Janet Yellen was out there saying, I didn't quite understand inflation at the time, but now I think we know that was from last summer. Yeah. Well, then it's too late. But still, not not fired from the job. I don't even know if they got a stern talking to. But there you are. So uh, there's not a whole lot of confidence in the people running things right now. I think that's safe to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're talking about polling, when you're including independents, where are you putting your trust as far as the economy? It's not going to the Democrats. Jim Cramer. And Jim Cramer. <laughs> yes, exactly. You and Van Camp were saying this on Friday. Yeah. Which is what? He was saying, put your put money, money there. Yeah, in the, in the Silicon bank. Silicon Valley Bank. Put your money there. A week ago. This knucklehead was, you know you know how he is. He's all hyper and jacked Georgia? up every time he's on the show. Mm-hmm. Like coked out of his gourd or something. But yeah, he was telling us all to go dump our money in there. Great buy right now. And Van Camp has said it. Whatever he says, do the opposite. Do, d- and don't it usually do it. works. Yeah. Yeah, it's something, man. It's from like another planet or something. I mean, the guy, <laughs> yes. crazy. Bye, bye, bye. No. Are you ready for your big three? Yeah, let's go. All right. Roll it out. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, Scott Robbins trifecta. And always helping Scott count him down, his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. I waited for you this week. I never got a call. Got you. (laughs) Well, no, you didn't. I'm ready. Gosh dang. Three. What is number three? Uh, Number three is uh, brains in a dish. What? Yeah. Paging Dr. Frankenstein once again. Here we go. We've talked about the scientists who have been growing what they call organoids. We talked about this in laboratories. Remember we were talking about how they were growing eyes? Yeah. Remember that weirdo? Yeah. Still doing that, by See, the way. See, it makes my eyes itch every time you say it. This time, they are actually growing a human brains inside the lab. Brain tissue of humans injected into what? An artificial brain. Oh, my gosh. And they're not going to use it in humans now, <laughs> but they're going to use it in computers because AI is apparently maxed out. So let's go to the next level. Let's put human brains in these computers. Does it say where this is happening? Just in general? Um, bad reporting. I, oh, Bloomberg. Uh, well, to Thomas Thomas Hardig at Johns Hopkins. Okay. That's where this is happening right now. So those brain organoids, uh, organoids we were talking about with the eyes, they uh. started producing brain waves, by the way. Of course they did. But now we've got brains in a dish. Has anybody checked on what the end result's going to be on this? Anybody concerned that you're going to have computers marauding around? Well, it's like gain-of-brain-function research. It's, this Why is, do we need it? Well, that's what they say. Well, you know, there could be a problem. And people may look at this and go, well, gee, that's kind of creepy. I mean, there's some ethical boundaries here that seem to be being crossed. No, yes. they're not. Don't worry. Oh, man. And the countdown continues. Brains. <laughs> Scott Robbins trifecta, top but three of the day. You get the eyeballs in there with the brains. You're only missing limbs uh, at that point. Number two. Golly. Jeez. That stuff freaks me out, man. By the time this all happens, you'll be gone. You'll be all right. Maybe I'll be kept alive by <laughs> some brain they grew in a lab. Jeez. Conservative students, here's a, a call out to you guys. Maybe you should start using student fees for an event supporting the uh, Second Amendment. 
This is out of Campus Reform today. Old Miss, their Student Activities Association, yeah. held a, a recent fundraiser, Drag Bingo. The huh. bingo callers and bingo participants that would walk around and give you a card were, in fact, in drag. It was funded through mandatory student activity fees that you pay as part of your tuition. When did this drag... I mean, again, I go back to this drag thing. When did all this happen? I mean, it used to be like if you were an adult, they'd have like drag shows every once in a while in these bars, right? Yeah. And people would go of age, you know, booze it up, have a good time, laugh, clap, whatever you do at a drag show. Never now done it's it. like Never done it. It's, Never had a desire to do it. I walked in on one. I told you that. I went to have dinner. Yeah. And I just walked in and there was a drag show going on. Yeah. You stayed in eight. Yeah. I would have left. Yeah. But if you want to participate in that and champion it, be my guest. Not Free country. I was, I was fully sashaying. <laughs> Can't tell you that. Where does that... You're saying so for the kids there with the Second Amendment, and it means something to them, they now, should about, do something different. How about the student union does something like that? You know, I thought for a second you were talking about how somehow the trans people were all about the Second Amendment. I thought no, that's no, where no, you were no, leading. No, 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 no. They, they were funded through the student fees. And my Got take it. is if the students would do the same thing, it's like, yes. hey, let's have a nice conservative Second Amendment night. Yeah, and see how, see that, how goes. that goes. In Oxford, maybe? Um, Probably. Maybe. Probably not, though. We're yeah. getting closer and closer to number one. Well, Scott Robbins, trifecta, top three of the day, up to number one. Uh, Michelle Yo, did I pronounce that right? I think I did, right? Sure, man. Uh, it's Y-E-A-H, but I think it's pronounced Yo. Anyway, she won an Oscar last night. As, oh, you watched some of the Oscars. As Best Actress. Right? You watched I some. did. I did. Uh, she was... Was that a viewing party? Or was it drag? Yeah, we were all dressed as okay. Carmen Miranda. Yeah, sitting around watching this. <laughs> no. No, but you did watch them. I did watch them. Okay. Movie, yeah. Uh, so the, the headline at NPR today was this uh, that Michelle won and identifies as Asian and won Best Actress. Hey, she doesn't identify as Asian. She is Asian. What is wrong with you? Yeah, because that's not something you can change. That's the headline, You can change you know, your sex. You can identify one or two ways, but you can't do that with race, because that's looked upon, well, badly. She was born Asian. Doesn't matter what she identifies as. And that was Best Actress. Yeah. There was a little controversy with the Oscars. I don't know if you heard about it. And I what think now? it was... I thought we covered all the bases last night. No, I just read this story not long ago. What was it now? Well, I think it happened to be, is it supporting actress that went to, actress that went to Jamie Lee Curtis? Yes. Uh, there are a lot of people saying um, Angela Bassett got hosed. Got absolutely hosed. And then the controversy is her reaction to Jamie Lee Curtis winning. I didn't, I didn't notice it. Was that on, was she there? I guess she was there last yes. night. Yes. Huh? Yeah. Yes. Um, said that Angela Bassett, who's 64, by the way, um, did not stand up and applaud. All of the other women that were up for the award, yeah. when they gave it to Jamie Lee Curtis, stood and applauded. And so people all over online were saying, hey, regardless of who won that Oscar, Angela Bassett could have clapped for the winner just to sit there and not clap because you didn't win. Not classy. Right. Somebody else said, it's just kind of shady. I know you're upset for not winning, but damn. 
Well, I think it is a nice thing well, to that's, do. Well, that's a really bad look. I mean, I, that's a bad look. Please. Yeah, yeah someone else said, uh, yeah, she's, she is allowed to be visibly disappointed that she didn't win. No, she's not. No. Well, a lot of times... You can be visibly on... disappointed, and you can also stand up and applaud. Well, yeah, I mean, when you see athletes that lose whatever, and then it's the shake yeah, hands line, right. I mean, there could be tears streaming down the cheeks. <laughs> you know, I, right. you understand it, but yeah. still, you know, shaking the other person's hand or whatever. Um, somebody else apologized to Angela Bassett's reaction to Jamie Lee Curtis' name being called. You can tell how much that Oscar would have meant to her. Oh, okay. She is, wasn't, always will be incredible. Because it didn't to Jamie Lee Curtis, didn't mean a damn thing to her. Yeah, like it didn't mean something to everybody. Everybody who won. I'm surprised you tuned it in, but then again, I'm not. Well, I kind of wanted to see the open because I wanted to see how many shots Kimmel took at Trump, and he didn't, which was surprising. I just can't bring myself to do it. Yeah, I watched watched a couple. I, I probably watched, I don't know, an hour of it, I guess. Yeah. It was on for like 16 hours. Now, did you watch with anybody else, or was it just you and the cats? Yeah, I watched, yeah. No, I didn't watch anybody else, because... So you and the cats. The other participant didn't want to watch it. Okay. You had another participant. Yes. They watched something else? Yeah, I didn't want to watch it. So a lady's over. Yeah. And you want to watch the Oscars. Yeah. What did she watch? I don't know. Something else. Some home improvement show. What is she doing with you? Well, I I question that all the time, Jamie. <laughs> oh my goodness! Are you trying I, I, to drive I, her I, away? I just wanted I wanted to see some of it because I wanted to know what the hell is going on. That's all. Are you trying to drive her away? Hey, man. <laughs> man, oh man! Hey, I'm sorry. You watch TV in the other room. I want to watch the Oscars. That's I'm right. the man of this house. That's why we have two Holy TVs. Holy crap! We have two TVs. Man, oh man! And you choose the Oscars. Holy smokes. Okay, you know what? All right, that's fine. Go ahead, take your shots about I, the cats and about, you know, My question oils. was going to be this, because I know what you're like watching these things. You yell at the TV. I, but I didn't do it a lot last night because I thought, I mean, honestly. Okay. The guy who was the kid on Indiana Jones, remember that kid? The little kid that played with the, the sure. little Asian kid that was in Indiana Jones? Okay. And Goonies? Yeah. Yeah. He won, and he's a grown-up man now, but he won an Oscar last night and was very, very cool. Oh. was crying and thanked, you know, only in America can this happen. And That is like, cool. Holy cow. That does sound cool. Yeah, so he and, was... And you got to see the red carpet and men weeping, and you're there with the cats and no, the blankie. I, I see. And a lady's see, in another it. room watching a man show. <laughs> Golly. Home improvement show. <laughs> Wall knocker-outers or something. They've got like 67 of those shows now. I understand. Yeah. And there you have it. <laughs> Man, oh, man. Scott. <laughs> Electricity gone bad. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Man, you learn a lot on this show. I'll say that. Well, a lot more than I wanted you to learn today. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay. We got to get to a news update. Also, Nimrod's in the news. And a woman reapplied for her own job because she saw it posted online for a higher salary. Oh, wow. All straight ahead right here. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, out today, back tomorrow. Happy birthday, David. Happy birthday, David. There's Scott Robbins. 
Uh, one piece of news we want to get to. Representative Mike Turner was on with ABC's Martha Raddatz talking about COVID origins. Mm-hmm. be a lot of talk about this this week. I thought it was funny how this was phrased to Mr. Turner and how he answered the question. I, I, I want to turn to COVID origins. You've said that you believe COVID, COVID originated from a Chinese lab leak based on significant evidence. The Department of Energy said it has concluded the same, but with low confidence. Why are you so certain? Oh, well, she didn't mention the FBI. Well, she's not. So, uh huh. Well, actually, what I said is I think there's significant evidence that lends itself to that, and, and I still do. That's why you just saw uh, unanimously both the Senate and the House pass legislation demanding that the administration declassify uh, the uh, intelligence the intelligence community has with respect to COVID-19. Yes. We all need to see it. It is incredibly frustrating for members of Congress to watch Dr. Fauci go on television and say things that are absolutely not supported by the intelligence. We're seeing the intelligence. It's not like we voted to say, show us the intelligence. We've seen it. We voted to say, show the American people they're not getting the, the straight answer from Dr. Fauci or from this administration. They need to be able to see for themselves. Absolutely. Listen to Martha stick up for... Tony Fauci. What has occurred? And I I understand that Dr. Fauci has a reason uh, to say that there was not a lab leak because he was actively working to fund the lab in in Wuhan. So you you see a a gentleman who is who is biased. I think Dr. Fauci would dispute that. Public the straight. Well, I think the evidence really shows it that there's funds over which he has control that ended up at the Wuhan lab. Yep. Uh, so at this time, you've got a guy who's going on national television, I believe, and I think members of Congress believe, saying things that are not reflected in the intelligence. That's right. Dr. Fauci would disagree. Well, we already know that because you've given him all the time he's ever wanted. Now we want to know the truth, Martha. And she's a hack. Golly. Oh, I told you I was going to get to this story. Make it quick. Woman reapplied for her own job after seeing it posted online for a much higher salary. <laughs> and the salary said it would pay thirty-two grand to ninety grand. Thirty-two to ninety? Anywhere in there. Well, she's a tech writer, so I'm guessing in the posting it depends on how good you are. There's a lot of space between thirty-two and ninety. Yes, but she wasn't making near that. It seemed to work out because she's been promoting a book that got some attention because of this, because she made a big deal about it online. Um, but I, I don't know that that means she would have been worth the 90. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So more to that story. Maybe we'll have more time tomorrow. we got to get to Nimrod. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. Okay, I know. We're running out of time fast. Here's the Nimrod. 37-year-old American woman busted for trying to bring 20 ounces of weed into Jamaica. Oh, <laughs> They can be relaxed, but not bringing it in. <laughs> Why would you do that? There's plenty there. Smoke our weed, man. And that's Nimrod's in the news.